What's up, everybody? Johan here, your host from the Drink Like a Man podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I got to interview Jemima Steinhardt, fitness entrepreneur, gym executive, and so many, so many things. I get to call her one of my inner circle friends. She's also my neighbor, which is amazing. And she has this story on on what it's like for for someone who's an entrepreneur, what it's like for someone who's in fitness. I think everyone can benefit from it, but specifically, I would say entrepreneurs and business entrepreneurs who are struggling maybe or thinking about starting that alcohol-free journey. I cannot wait for you to hear her story. So without further ado, here's the intro and then our interview. So the big question is this. How do men who are leaders, entrepreneurs, single, married, fathers, sons, how do we find the way to remove alcohol from our drinking and have it be the catalyst to transform the way we think, perform, work, live, and love? That's the question, and this podcast will help you find that answer. Welcome, Jemima, to the Drink Like a Man podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. It's just so amazing to be around you and that we're neighbors right now that I get... One, one of the things that I love about you is that you really brighten a room wherever you are. And I, I want our audience to get to know you like I get to know you in a half an hour. I know that's impossible. But if you could just share with us a little bit of who you are and what you're passionate about. Okay. My name is Jemima. I am German. I'm 37 years old. I'm very passionate about healthy living, including uh, physically, like the body, the mind, and the spirit. And I'm very keen always about learning like more about how we can just impact the life of ourselves and the life of others. Oh, I love that. So one of the things that has brought us together and in common is that we both have started an alcohol-free journey. So I actually wanted to ask you if you could just give me a little background or story on maybe what it was like and and uh, before you gave up alcohol, had you ever done that before? And then and then maybe uh, what happened that you decided to, to, to stop? Okay, oh, I love to do that. So um, I want to go back a little bit about uh, to my childhood. So I've been born and raised in a city called Wuppertal in Germany. And my family is what I would call like food addicted mm. and sugar addicted. Wow. And But we have also to understand why, you know, in order like to really understand it because it's a sickness that has developed particular like I'm from Germany so there was after the war all what they had was working hard and like the the and, and food basically yeah so his like my grandmother working hard and all what she could give her kids was food you know that was like the the laugh that they shared so I have been raised into that and my grandmother unfortunately died because of diabetes type 2 uh, because 
that's you know what they have basically used as well to cope their feelings mm -hmm. and to understand and learn more about it we live in general in a society where we learn stuff right we learn things in school we learn things in our in, in university we learn things when we study when when we take classes but what i think in general we don't learn is how to deal with trauma and that's something we all go through right mm -hmm. and particularly in a country like germany after like a, a war a huge war there was a lot of trauma so my father like is one of these people like being raised by someone like his father my grandfather who came out of war so wow. very traumatic so these people coped with work and food mm -hmm. and that's what i learned you know like in my early days of sobriety that i'm a holic all my life i have i have been a workaholic i have been a gym holic i've been a toxic relationship holic i've been like a shopaholic so everything what i do i do it not in balance or i haven't done it in the past in a in a balanced way i always did more than mm. what is healthy to do and i learned these mechanisms very early on in my childhood i believe so that's being said um for years i thought oh i'm so great you know i'm a workaholic and i work hard play hard mm -hmm. you know that mm -hmm. bring it on you know i i work 16 hours and then i drink 16 hours you know like mm -hmm. i can i'm tough you know but in 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 the truth the truth is that i never lived a balanced life it was always peaks mm -hmm. and then followed by lows because it's also a very draining lifestyle mm. so i always knew that i at a certain point in my life i want to stop because i i had this feeling inside of me or this voice that there must be more to that life and also that it's not a healthy way of living. Wow. I love that. I mean, you touched on so many on so many points and and, and I feel that I, I really relate a lot to the to the work hard and play hard. Because I felt that uh, in my nurture and and I'm really glad that you brought that that side of it because sometimes I feel that a lot of the how I saw my home I thought that was the norm, but I've realized after talking with a lot of people on on asking that same question, like where do you think your your the way you drank, like where where did where did that come from? And and from what you're telling me, you know, there was a lot of impact, or you're talking about like what it was like, and and I've shared on the on the show before, and at least for me, coming from uh, a Caribbean country in the Dominican Republic that it's very normal for people to start drinking at 12, 13 years old. The, the problem was that how I took it, it was really how you mentioned the coping. I took that to cope with the trauma that was happening in my life. So, but it's also what I used to celebrate the highs. You talked about like that 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 lack of balance the extremes and 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 i i really feel at least for me and my perception that 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 um 
that work hard mentality where where it's like we go so hard because we go above and beyond what normal people do to get and live a lifestyle that normal people don't get to right and then and then uh and how do i celebrate that with alcohol at least that was my one of the many ways that i celebrated it but it, it, it was the way that i used to cope and to kind of like celebrate so i guess what i wanted to talk to you about is or or, or wanting to go back to um, that coping mechanism, like what do you feel in that atmosphere of going so hard, working so hard? And I, I actually want to get into the, the, the work that you do, but what did you feel that you had to cope or kind of just like use alcohol for in those scenarios or in, in those, in those moments that you were just pushing through so hard more than more, most people? So... I guess I start coping in two scenarios, mm. either because it's so good, like <laughs> I'm so excited mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating. Mm -hmm. So that's when I used to drink mm. and you know, like you would have fun with me. I can tell you like, you know, like I would like, you know, own, own the places where I was, you know, because I was, I'm, I have been always a very, um, like happy person emotional person and like extra like extrovert yeah. person for sure mm -hmm. so that's when i would drink but also and then that's what i saw then in the last years when i was not anymore in a in a, in a very happy situation when i when things got bad and worse for me mm -hmm that I also start using alcohol to cope when I would feel down. Mm -hmm. And it's this phrase of, oh, I need a drink, right? Wow. I, oh, you know, you like, you make up this excuse. So, you know, like either high, like, like at the peak of excitement or at the low of desperation and despair. Mm -hmm. And that's where I knew it's unhealthy in both ways because in both ways, it's not balanced. Simple than that. Mm. So when when and something that that I, I thought was really interesting is like when you knew it was it wasn't unhealthy. Like, did you stop right away, or were you able to stop? Like, as soon as you realized, like that, when you came to that realization, like, hey, what I'm doing and how I'm using alcohol is not healthy. Like, did you stop right away, or or did did no. you keep going? No. Okay. Uh, I definitely have been powerless over that because wow. I think from the age of 30, mm -hmm. um, hangovers became worse, <laughs> you know, like with, with 18 or 20, it's like, oh, you can do that for three days in a row, honestly speaking, and you don't get affected. But then from, from the age of 30, I felt, you know, it get, it got really difficult to get up and because I was always high functioning, you know, um, always wanted like I'm, 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 I'm a master in masking, right? Honestly. So for me, it was even I would celebrate and, and, and party like the nights, I would stick to my commitments the next day. Wow. But that is very draining and unhealthy for the body. And then for a person like me being in the fitness industry, mm -hmm. that creates a conflict mm. because that's, that's contraire, right? That is like contra. That is not like 
it doesn't really fit. I know that a lot of people in the fitness industry, they drink. Mm -hmm. But when you are honest, like when you want to live a real healthy lifestyle, mm -hmm. alcohol also for people who can do things like having one drink and mm -hmm. are okay with that, mm -hmm. still it's not healthy for them. Wow. You won't find really um, lecture or, or scriptures where it's written that alcohol is something that is healthy for the body. It's in the end, it's it's a to intoxication, and it's a it's a poison. Mm. I love that, and 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 it's very interesting that that you're bringing light to that because I feel like especially in the fitness industry, I've even heard like earn your booze, you know, like earn the 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 party that 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 you've um that that you've worked so hard for and i think it goes back to that phrase that you said like work hard play hard but what you what i what i understand and hear what you're saying is that at, at a certain point it's like whoa this is becoming a problem and now i can't stop so i guess i i would want i would want to ask you like two things like what what did your drinking kind of look like towards the end when you decided, hey, I don't want to keep doing this or I can't stop? And then what happened that was like your catalyst for, okay, I got, I, I'm, I'm going alcohol free. Okay. For me, the most important thing that I've learned for this journey is two things. Number one, when we are still in the process of denial, mm. when we are still thinking, I don't have a problem and we're not ready to admit, that's when you can stop. So, and that comes together with being not aware, being not awake, being not conscious. Mm. So I believe for all of us, we have to hit a certain threshold of pain or mm. in other words described as rock bottom mm. in order to wake up and to do the most necessary and that is to admit mm. that this is something that is out of control or we can't deal with it by our own mm. because one of my characteristics was always handling everything by myself wow. and handling everything by myself when i was good but the opposite, the polarity is isolating when I'm down. Mm -hmm. So the moment when I hit rock bottom and that was for me, that doesn't look any more fancy or, you know, nice or party like that was like when I really abused intoxication to cope my pain that I had mm -hmm. because I really got through a phase where I lost almost everything and I was broken. I was broken physically, mentally, spiritually. I was heartbroken. I lost everything that I've built. I lost my relationship. I lost my business. I lost my life. Mm. And But it was necessary for me to, to be awakened, to be conscious and to do the most important step and that is admitting and the moment we admit it's kind of you take the power away mm. from this from this whatever the intoxication is mm -hmm. and you get and you give the power to 
the creator. Mm. And this moment when you do that, that's when the obsession is gone. And that's a miracle to me. Mm -hmm. And it's a very easy understanding because what I learned is we are not addicted or obsessed about any intoxication that is available. It's just to let go of the control Mm. and to simply admit I have a problem here and I cannot do deal with that by on my own. And once we're ready to do that, mm. and that is actually very easy to do that, but very difficult for us to let go because our ego is so strong. Mm. Our ego is so strong and the ego is fighting against it. But once you're there, the obsession and all will fade away. And for me, I'm so happy and blessed today because First of all, I learned this. And second of all, now I can educate people about it and say, it's okay. You don't have to feel shame or guilt or, you know, it's, it's, it's simple than that. These two things and you will set free. You just provided so much like golden nuggets. And I want to, I wish we had all night to just like record this and, and, a lot of our audience, obviously, this is a, a podcast for everyone, but it's geared specifically towards men who are looking to start an alcohol-free journey. They come from different uh, paths. Uh, I, I've interviewed several people that, that do it for health reasons that actually don't feel um, that they've hit a bottom. But I love and I hope that that so many can relate because I can relate to your story. And even though you're you're a woman and I'm a man, I feel that we've we've actually i mean one thing that i i just love that you said was about the isolation towards the end the isolation and and that bottom that was so important for me and i know that way before i could have and realized that i did have a problem with with alcohol and that but i didn't have a solution and what I hear you saying is that the solution didn't happen in isolation as well. And two, two people come to mind when you said that, and it was one Brene Brown, and I love her books. And, and, and she talks about the concept of bringing light into an area that's so dark or in isolation. And I feel like you did that just now with us, but, but also that was part of your growth of breaking out of the admittance, admitting to right? That it's like, I cannot manage this. I have a problem. And, and then also the, the wanting to change. And I, I heard it uh, earlier, and, and we both were uh, at church like two weeks ago, where we heard Craig Rochelle, who's a huge mm. um, uh, voice in the leadership field. And he talked about realizing when I have a problem, Yet I keep going and I keep doing it. And he, and he talked about the power of community, mm. the power of realizing that I need help and it's not going to come from me because I can keep saying years upon years upon years that I have a problem. I need to do something about this. But if I haven't done anything about it, if I haven't made that change, it's kind of like a sign like, okay, I need help. I need help. And, and that can take years or that can take weeks or, or months. And hopefully someone that's hearing it that's saying like, that's going through weekends, that's playing hard and drinking hard, or, or, or just like, I wanna stop. 
I hope that someone can hear it and relate and say, I can't do this alone. And that there are communities. Uh, we belong to, to, to a community. And you're one of those people that I, that I, I get to do life with, that, 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 um, that we have friends that, that are sober as well, that are alcohol-free. Mm. And, and being able to be awakened to the idea that there are communities, that there are people that don't drink. That and and they're living life and it's fun and it's amazing and and at least for for you and for me and and we've been on this journey and and we talk about how amazing how much more amazing it is. So so I I love I love I love that 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 you shared that and and one of the things that that I wanted to ask you is like so once you started that alcohol free journey like has it been easy. Has it been something that is just like, okay, I'm done and 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 yeah, so I wanted to ask that. First of all, it has been the best month of my life being completely sober. And also I yeah, not only about being sober about alcohol, but also I feel once you understand that trick mm -hmm. <laughs> that you just need to do these things to start off to start off to admit mm. that you've been powerless and to ask for help mm. right then the obsessions that you have and that we all have i believe and i learned so much in this month about coping mechanism addiction being powerless over things that and the learning effect, the, 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 um, definitely the fellowship, mm. because you attract also people that are on the path of just getting better and wanting to have wow. a more quality life mm -hmm. and are willing to go to any length to get it. Wow. And it has been the best part, of course, you get to feel emotions that before you have coped. Mm. So you get to feel these things and you need specifically the, the fellowship for that and the support. What is amazing because you're building relationships, mm -hmm. finding new people, crossing your path where you're like, oh, wow, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. I've been always feeling I've been alone. Or what's wrong with me? I'm, nothing is wrong with me. Mm. And that's why you said something before community or communion, communion and communication. And that's something we need to embrace because we need to communicate more. Mm. And I love to talk about it and embrace it because I'm not ashamed anymore about that. Because I see how much we can use that by talking about it and, and communicating what has happened, where we are right now, and to share our stories to empower people that are suffering out there because I was suffering a lot before I was suffering from 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 my teenage years until I I hit this so-called rock bottom where I said I have to change right now and there's no one in the world that I make responsible for that where I am I, the only person is myself and now I'm ready to admit and ask for help so it has been the best journey so far. 
and I think I lost it a little bit, but that's, that's you fine. To ask. That, no, that's good. That's good. I actually wanted to make kind of like a, a pivot or a turn because I feel that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to relate to your story, but specifically. I want to talk about an area that's very passionate for you and and maybe talk to that audience as well, which is uh, fitness entrepreneurs, fitness uh, icons, mm. people in the fitness world or that that's so much of their passion. And I feel like entrepreneurs as well, because I think the mindset that it takes, the risk that it takes um, and, and, and to follow a passion so much that that you're basically going opposite direction of what most of the of the world is doing and and with that sometimes you're right and you talked about it where it's like so, sometimes i do need that liquid courage i've heard it said you know mm -hmm. and then and then now you're just saying i'm awakened to it and i'm not taking that liquid courage but i'm actually living my best life and it's because i don't have that in my life mm -hmm. but you're saying also a thing that that i thought was really important that that you were just like it's awakening all areas like it was that catalyst that just like has brought so much light into your life, so much awareness and community. But I wanted, I, I guess I wanted to ask, what would you suggest or what would you advice would you give someone in that world, in the fitness world, in the entrepreneur world that is considering, that is seeing that alcohol is, is stealing from them in a way that it's affecting their body, it's mm -hmm. affecting their mind, it's affecting their, their, their soul. Like, what would you give someone that advice where, it's, where they're either about to make that change or they just decided to start today or this week and it's hard and it's not easy? What, what would you tell them? That it's absolutely necessary and worth it mm. because a healthy mind can only live in a healthy body. And it's an illusion to believe that you work out and then in the night you go party. I've done that. And I felt, I knew in my heart, it's not right. It's wrong. And you know, and, and, and think about, and by the way, today I can say, and I'm an example of it. I have never been fitter than I've been since I've given up drink. And I don't miss it at all. The obsession is completely gone. And it's so much better, you know? And I don't miss out on anything. I can still go out. I can go party still, I can go dance, I can go have dinners and I have better times than I have been before because now I'm there, I'm present, I'm conscious and the next day I don't have a hangover mm. and I don't need to cope with the hangover that I was produced by coping with another emotion and I, got, I get more workouts in and I believe truly that we are right now in a time where we all need to wake up and specifically for people in my industry it's connected the word is connection to reconnect to ourselves and yeah can you be fit and healthy without being awake yes you can but once you are conscious and awake and sober and you only can be conscious when you're sober you can't be conscious when you're like intoxicated, like that's an illusion. That's not, that's not happening. But once you're conscious, once you're sober, the connection between your physical ability and your mind and your spirit, they can all connect together. And then the circle is closed 
and then you can tap into your real potential as a human being and that is beyond the word fitness and i want to like close this question with one more information what i think is what what is very important to me and what i've just learned and that is when so when all these three are connected and that's where i think this is the real fitness is basically the word healing and healing is i posted the other day a post like on i on social media on instagram where i said healing is the new fitness we cannot heal when we're intoxicated because we just we just procrastinating is that the right word sorry sometimes i'm or maybe right? delaying delaying mm. it's just you just cope and delay it but healing is the new fitness because only when you heal your traumatic experience you can be real fit i want to keep it like this only when you heal your traumas and through a recovery program you are able to heal the trauma and when you have healed the trauma, you can be a real fit person. And then you're fit spiritual, mentally, and physical. And then it makes sense. And not the, the separation between that's my body, that's my soul, that's my spirit. No, it's all one. And that's where, what I meant about the circle, mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to say it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. And I believe, and that's why I talk so freely about it, because I don't anymore think I'm weird or I'm alone or I'm different. Today, I believe we all have traumas and that gives me as well a lot of compassion and love for myself and human society, you know, because hurt people hurt and I got this today. I understand now, you know, and it gives me so much more compassion in my life and learning and, 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 and practicing self-love, if that makes sense. Yeah. So healing is the new fitness and you can only heal when you're sober. So it's necessary to put the drink beside and it's so much better. I can only encourage everyone and it's way easier. You said it's hard, you know, again, the only thing that makes it hard is if you are in that state of denial, oh. believe me, the moment you admit, the power is gone and it's going to be very, very easy. I don't have a single night or a single day experience where I was obsessed or where I would obsess about having a drink. And mm -hmm. you can literally right now, you know, sometimes when I'm now with people, they're like, oh, oh, should I stop drinking? No, keep going. You know, like, like you can open a bottle of wine now in front of me and I would not mind. Mm because I have admitted that. And for me, my priority is I'm still in that process and I think it goes on forever, but for my priority is being sober, working on my, on my, on my healing and being conscious and being the most of the day present because out of that, I can create real like, a real healthy and fitness living 
and I can be at service for myself and for others. And I can do that on a level that I wasn't able to do that before. And now I feel also more authentic because I can present health and fitness on a different level. So on a much more deeper level. And I think that society seeks that. Mm. Jemima, I'm so grateful you were on the show. I can't wait to have you again uh, here on the show, sharing with us, sharing part of your journey. I know that um, I'm just so grateful. And uh, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thanks again for joining us today. So grateful. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to us on the platform that you're currently listening to on the podcast. Remember, there's going to be new episodes every Monday. And I just want to say thank you for your time and have an amazing day.